Sonic States Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to Sonic Talk number 222. It's an auspicious number. Um, unfortunately, Mark couldn't be as with us today. I know he likes the, num- the, 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 the funny numbered ones, and 222, I suppose, has some sort of numerology kind of uh, reference, but half of that being three, six, yeah, you know, it'll work out. Anyway, so uh, Sonic Talk number 222, <laughs> we're recording live today on uh, Wednesday, the 22nd of June. Uh, we've got a live chat room. Uh, you can find us uh, next week and uh, most Wednesdays at 4 p.m. UK time, sonicstate.com forward slash live. We stream the whole event, uh, unedited, unexpurgated, and um, unrehearsed. <laughs> and uh, there's also a live chat room and uh, the, the, the final stream version that does get put up on YouTube so you can, uh, not YouTube, you stream so you can watch it uh, later on if you feel you've missed something but uh, we're always welcoming uh, to live chat room members so uh, welcome to them over there and we've got another week, um, another another week, another car park I think, is that how are you Gaz? I've, we'll start with you Gaz Williams because uh, you're there and your battery runs out the fastest so uh, Gaz Williams, yes. songsurgeon.co.uk and uh, ncpcarparks.com <laughs> No, I'm actually in the Castle Bingo at the moment. So, uh, and I've just noticed now that uh, that I'm not allowed to be here. So they they may come along and uh, boot me off in a bit. So uh... oh, that would be great. <laughs> yeah, a li- well, it wouldn't be great. It'd be great. It'd be great. Make a great live viewing, perhaps. Very right, dramatic. Right, right. Dramatic. Yeah. All over to the next place but, and continue. Uh, That's far out. I, uh, I I can't get the chat room working. So the chatties better not be rude about me because I can't see what they're saying. So I'm sorry, chatties. Uh, I'm uh, incommunicado from you this week. Um, I just don't know why. It's, uh, it's funny, isn't it? I think, that. That, I think mobile data does funny things. It does bandwidth limitation and all sorts of bizarre stuff, doesn't okay. it? I don't know why or what, what's going on there, but it just does. I'll defend you, guys. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Nice one, Rich. Um, but- so where, what, why, where, and why? Tell, tell us, tell us how, what brought you to this particular lay-by. <laughs> oh, I've been doing, um, I've been doing this project uh, with children, um, uh, like a music project, and uh, and it's in school times really. And when they finish, it's, um, it's just. It, 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 it just doesn't quite get me enough time to get home. I'm in, uh, I'm in sort of uh, South Wales at the moment. So, ah, um, so we need to get uh, you hold yes. of an inverter for you, don't we? So you can kind of just run your battery down in the car instead. My battery in my car is really rubbish at the moment, so I think that would probably just mean I would end up sort of staying in the Castle Bingo all night. But um, it's... Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm watching. I've got about 80%, so... I've turned off my Bluetooth, and I wonder if there's anything else I can turn off. Dim your to, screen. Uh, Dim your screen. Dim my... Yes. Turn, o- turn off the Wi-Fi. Uh, oh, yeah. Wi-Fi will do it. Ah, I don't need that, do I, either? No. Okay. Um, and I think that's probably uh, that's all I can think of at the moment. Yeah, uh, contrast right down, you know, take the dim, and that should give you a little bit extra life. Okay. <laughs> anyway, Gaz Williams, songsurgeon.co.uk. Welcome, welcome to you. Thank you very much for joining us. I'll, I'll, I'll flip to me because for some reason uh, my camera isn't working in the, certainly in the Skype view. It does work to the people watching on Skype, but uh, yeah, so it's a bit complicated. So we'll also say hello. Uh, we'll go to the middle uh, up there somewhere to uh, PJ Tracy. How are you, PJ? I'm very good, Nick. Thank you. PJTracyMusic.com. Emmy winning PJ I, composer. Actually I'm uh I'm officially changing my URL to pjtracysound.com. I've ah. uh, recently relaunched my website. Okay. I will look forward to that pjtracysound.com. So how have you been PJ? I I I I, uh, I hear you might be ha- having some international travel plans coming up sometime in the near future. Yes sir. I'm going to be in the UK in July. Uh, yeah. And hopefully, hopefully, be able to stop by the Sonic Towers and uh, and do a live show. That would be awesome. That would be absolutely brilliant. Uh, are you coming to London? Is that your your your, final, yes. your initial destination? Okay, that uh, is the that is the initial destination. Yes. Cool. Well, we're only about uh, about an hour and twenty on the train from London, so it's and we're really near the railway station, so it's easy peasy to get to us. So I really Fantastic. look forward to that. Really look forward to that. Uh, fant- Me too. 
Excellent. So pjtracysound.com is where to find out what you're up to. Uh, does it? Uh, does the PJ Tracy Sound website let us know anything to do with the project that brings you over here, or is it all hush-hush? No, currently I am uh, not able to talk very much about that. Okay. Roger that. I understand. No problem. And um, the other static icon we have over there is uh, Rich Hilton, who's over in Connecticut. Uh, Hiltonius on uh, various websites like, uh, oh, well, Facebook, MySpace, those kind of things. How are you, Rich? Uh, very well, thank you. How have you Just been? Tad, did you, come, have, you been to, have you been to Europe? Yeah, I've been to Europe and back. You did, um, you did some Nine. gigs in Italy, was that right? No. No. Nice <laughs> it was um, wrong. <laughs> uh, no, actually, uh, we went first to Belgium and played in Brussels, and then we went to Amsterdam and took in a little of the scenery and then played there. And then we went to Stockholm and played there, and we went to Paris and played there. And then we came home. Excellent. And, good gigs, uh, good those gigs. Last, those last three gigs were on consecutive nights <laughs> in three consecutive cities, and it was wow. insane. Um, yeah, had a great time. The touring really life. Really enjoyed it, and there's uh, there's videos up uh, YouTube and on my. Oh, Facebook excellent! Page. Look forward to seeing those. Look forward to seeing oh, those. Wonderful. There's plenty of evidence to to show. Right. <laughs> well, I have. Uh, I'm going to go straight into a topic, and I'm going to play mm -hmm. it. I love that. I thought that that's the new Cuttyman um, cut-up, um, who we may have seen uh, via uh, YouTube. In the past, he's done stuff where he's sort of brought together fan sources on YouTube and put them together into a sort of uh, uh, kind of mash-up video. Whereas this one was, um, he went to actually went to Jerusalem, or maybe he lives in Jerusalem, I'm not entirely sure, and um, did a, a kind of film thing himself, and there, hence the much higher quality and nice-looking video and all that sort of thing. And I, I thought that was great, and I'm a really big sucker for whatever that first instrument was in the uh, in the video not the sousaphone but the sort of dulcimer like thing is it a dulcimer or has it got some other name it's called a santor that's beautiful i i had um i had a really good um sort of belly dancing competition with uh, an Egyptian orchestra <laughs> with Dr. Somebody or other as the, his orchestra. And it had all of that and all the, all the string, the Arab strings and stuff. And I just absolutely love the sound of that and the love, the sound of all of those instruments together. And it was, uh, uh, yeah, just really kind of dug it. But, um, and I know it's sort of not I quite... Thought you were... I thought you were saying you were in a belly dancing competition then, Nick. Well, uh, you know, I, I sort of, I, I've probably got the belly for it these days, um, but uh, I'm not the moves, sadly. I want, I want to see that. <laughs> I don't, you're not the only one, but uh, sadly, I think that's going to be uh, something for after my retirement, perhaps. <laughs> but um, I just, I really enjoyed that. There was, uh, so sousaphone, um, what was that? Sousaphone, what did you say that was called again? The It's called a, it's called a santar. Santar, okay. I can't yeah, that's see a proper. That's a proper tuba. That's not a sousaphone. Oh, is it a proper tuba? I like that very. Wasn't sort it? Of, Wasn't I, it? Am I wrong about that? I, I, I think it is a tuba. Well, he says sousaphone yeah. listed in the credits, but you know. Oh, oh well, then maybe it is. And I can't. Was it pointed north 
or forward? <laughs> it was pointed forward, sort of at 45 degrees. Oh, then I apologize. And I've misremembered it. And uh, there's, a, there's a lovely vocal, as is usual there. But, I mean, aside from, the, you know, we've done the Cuttyman fan, fan stuff before, but what I really dug about this was the fact that... Um, the, the whole thing about the kind of interesting scales and microtuning and all that sort of thing, because I've never, I've never really kind of got my head around it and figured out how to use it or what it's for. And I remember there was a whole feature, you know, the, during keyboards released in the 80s and 90s and early 2000 made a really big deal about having microtuning capabilities. And I never really, for one, never really kind of uh, experimented with that. And I just wondered whether anybody else had or whether they knew anything about it. <laughs> and, it's, you know, fill some air, please. <laughs> Gaz, you look, you nodded in a kind of way that made me think you might have a, have something to add. <laughs> um, well, not necessarily microtonal, but I have played a lot with uh, lots of different scales, and I I, I love it. Uh, I think it's uh, it's such an interesting way of working. Um, something that I do quite regularly, really, with uh, Ableton Live, uh, and it's got like a kind of one of the little uh, built-in. Um, uh, effects is like a kind of scaler which will lock ev- everything you do into a particular scale and um you know if i'm playing with uh sampled instruments uh actually the or uh, oh, using um contact four has got really good uh scale kind of controls which will kind of lock it into that particular scale which makes a lot of sense if you're using a particular instrument that needs that scale um but I, I think it's really interesting to do to sort of just uh, to play pl- to play stuff um, where the the keys kind of lock you to that particular scale uh, because it, it it kind of forces you into. I mean, it sounds a bit of a, a cheat, really, because <laughs> you're not actually knowing what you're playing particularly. But um, uh, I really love it. And in fact, there was an album that I really recommend. It's from the mid 70s uh by a guy called neil ardley called um rainbows oh what's it called oh, i'll think of the title now something rainbow um uh brilliant album but he did it all in the whole it's like a jazz album but it's all in the pelog scale which i think is uh is that a balinese or javanese scale um like a gamelan mm. scale like a five note scale uh but it's like jazz and it doesn't sound like kind of uh it doesn't sound like music from that area at all but um it's just a good example of using scales um uh and 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 not in its kind of uh correct ethnicity or or um uh but i definitely i love it i highly recommend it to people who haven't i'll have to try that 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 sounds like an interesting mm. working technique using live that rich has uh, just pointed out in the chat room um, that there was no micro tonality in that particular piece and uh, well, much, to, I heard. much to my embarrassment. Well, I suppose I was thinking off the off piste kind but, of scales, perhaps. Well, here's the deal: They're, they represent. The, first of all, there's not one scale. There's like a multitude of scales represented throughout this piece uh, by different yes. pieces. Like, and so, what you're hearing, first of all, most of the scales in the Western modes that we listen to are comprised of nothing but half steps and whole steps. So as soon as we come across a scale that has a minor third in it, it sounds really exotic to us. And that typically happens when you flat the second step and flat the sixth step of the scale. And there were quite a few moments in this piece where that was being done. Also, there was the, uh, you would find a combination of the flatted two and the major seven, which is a kind of a whole step around the tonic. And that gives a particular flavor to things. And it all sounds very, I guess, Middle Eastern to most people. But, um, I don't think any of it existed outside of the actual chromatics scale that we all mostly dwell in. Ah, okay. Well, that, that, and that, I enjoyed it, by the way. That, that just shows how untrained my ear is. But um, nonetheless, st- I, I, I know, PJ, do, do you kind of, I guess, working to picture with sort of briefs that you might, might include um, stuff that's not necessarily immediately, obviously, Western-based. I mean, do you, have, do you find yourself using this kind of stuff a lot, these kind of scales? Uh Yes, uh, in my own personal work and in work I've done for other people, um, there are most of the major samplers these days are capable of um, importing Scala tunings, so you can tune to very specific scales. And with some of the 
monster world instrument libraries out there, you can you can come up with um, passable renditions of some of these instruments that were that were being u utilized in this video. Um, to add to what what Rich was saying, it is it's possible that there's there was minute micro tuning going on in this piece because what will happen with some of these instruments when they're tuned to certain Arabic scales is that um, one note in the scale won't be, or one or two notes in the scale won't be tuned to the equal tempered Western equivalent of the note. It'll be slightly flat or slightly sharp of the note. So that would result in, in a, uh, in a micro tuning uh, uh, well, in, in its strictest definition. What is tuning at that point? <laughs> you know what I mean? Because well, like, like, okay. oh, it's all a matter okay. of how close you get. Yeah. I suppose. Yeah. So um, explain what. Yep. Mi so microtuning. I, I, am I mistaken in thinking that microtuning is used much then, or is it? What, what examples would I hear of microtuning? And and obviously with synthesizers, that's entirely possible because we can tune stuff pretty much kind of wherever we want in terms of oscillators. Does it work for intervals? Does it work for scales? What's Indian. the best? Indian scales are replete with it, uh, quarter tone playing, especially with the violins. If you listen to any of the better uh, Indian violinists, you can hear it immediately because it's all as well used spell, as expressive. It's... Yeah. Yep. Right. Okay. So I, I did blather on a bit in my notes about uh, Zawinul because I know he was he was kind of really into <laughs> lots of different yeah, scales. He didn't do it much either, but he did some really, but, really unusual. I remember listening yeah. to some stuff where he'd have these weird harmonics, just sort of and intervals, uh, really obtuse and unusual intervals that kind of created a real atmosphere to to the piece. Um, I remember being um, slightly under the influence once and listening to a piece of Zamalor music <laughs> and just blow, it blowing my mind completely because I just I really tuned in on this upper frequency that was that was I was very, very conscious of, but only because I was hyper aware shall we say he cre he created world music in his head before it was a section in a record store he brought together all kinds of really diverse textures and especially post weather report in his band sound syndicate and weather update he uh really brought in a lot of african and asian influences into uh sort of a traditional fusion funk post miles context ah okay so in terms of synthesizers, I mean, you know, you, you've had a lot of modular time, Rich. I mean, is it something that is, is in any way useful? How would you use uh, microtonal or, or just unusual intervals? I mean, just to, to ear, are there any rules? Well, the best examples I've heard are in Wendy Carlos's later recordings of Bach, where she didn't use equal temperament tunings, but instead used tunings appropriate to the keys of the pieces she was in for the most part, and would occasionally, I believe, change the tuning along the way. And I know that I have gone so far as to record guitarists one chord at a time so I could get all the chords in tune on a particular wow, that's, part. that's not Mutt Lang style. Not throughout, I know, not throughout <laughs> an entire record, but if there was a particular, like, arpeggiated guitar part that just wasn't registering in tune on the instrument that sounded great then i could retune for one of the chords and punch it in yeah i've been known to do that wow did that did did any of the guitarists have any uh nervous disposition because isn't there that classic isn't the mutt lang and the def leppard album supposed to be a uh a production nightmare classic where you know that people were just yeah, yeah, of... yeah i know i know mutt's done it too and uh, i and i did this before i ever heard mutt had done it um but I just like to hear things in tune, and guitars aren't. How and you, where I need them to be, I'll make them. How do you get the um, timing of the strum, then? Do you just mute the other strings? How does that work? Well, it's not strum. They were arpeggiated parts. They were, ah, they okay. were thick arpeggiated parts, and it was very prominent. And the second, I think, in the series was just terribly out of tune with the other three. And uh, I wanted them all in tune. <laughs> I want the. Did, did you? Did you? Is that something you can now achieve with something? This else? was like night. Yeah, yeah, this was 1983 and a Studer A80. I'm guessing you can do that in Melodyne now, anyway. Can you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. There's a lot. There's a lot of easy. And now uh, Auto Tune has a product. And I, did we talk about oh, this? Oh yes, on the guitar show? tuning wasn't it? Something guitar tuning. Didn't we have talk about this? Where I'm not sure you know, we did. Eviscerate your guitar so that you can get all your chords in tune. Because a normal guitar just won't do. <laughs> Oh, you I mean where they, they'll actually put machinery in there to tune your strings up? No, 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 no. But there is some sort of additional 
above and beyond the the hex pickup, there was something in the guy's guitar that was not stock. They had to do something to the guitar to make this work, which I thought was a game break, a, a deal breaker. For ah, me. okay. And so they what they installed as it. far as it and a product and it's a uh, haste to the door opening thing. They installed a micro supercomputer underneath the uh, underneath the scratch plate and route out some yeah. enormous great space for it and put some and had to put fans in it as well to keep it cool to stop the body from actually catching there fire. There's a big idea. Something along those lines. I think, they, ins- I think they installed Cher in his guitar. They put Cher in there, and then she <laughs> she'll sing all the parts. Now there's a concept. That would have to be one heck of a. Yeah. Well, you could you could kind of get like a little Bluetooth receiver rather than cramming her into into your guitar. That would be a better. <laughs> I don't know how big or tall she is, but I'm imagining she probably wouldn't fit inside most standard guitar bodies. I think she's about seven foot eight. Yeah, unlikely then. It'd have to be one of those basso yeah. kind of Mexican <laughs> acoustic affairs. <laughs> Something. No wonder get... Sonny always looked so short next to her. <laughs> yeah, and he was short as well, wasn't it? There was that pronounced difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a friend who went in for an audition with a band, and he was perfectly uh, capable of it. And I was for uh, Chris de Berg. I think I may have told this story before. It was for Chris de Berg. He went along and he played everything great, and everybody said, "Yeah, brilliant. I, I think you probably got the job." And then he found out later he wasn't allowed in the band because he was too tall. Because <laughs> oh. Chris is a bit shorter, a sh- the shorter gentleman. So uh, anyway. <laughs> That wow. sort of that went a bit, uh, yeah, off piste, as we say. Say, <laughs> excellent. Well, that was that was fun. I, I kind of um, where where did we go? Yeah. Anyway, that, I enjoyed that. Cuttyman, great fun, good stuff, and uh, and great fun as well. Let's see, I said, gosh, it's almost time to uh, to talk to say thank you to our sponsors. I suppose I could do that now. Really, get get it out of the way because uh, they like to get them into the first half of the show. Anyway, uh, I want to say thank you very much to our show sponsors, uh, who of course are Yamaha. Um, and what you're seeing, if you're watching the video, is a lovely uh, flyby kind of uh, aerial shot of the Yamaha N12, which is uh, one of two. Uh, analog digital hybrid mixers, uh, the N12 and the N8. Uh, they're musicians mixing console combines power of digital with the feel of analog. It's basically got uh, special preamps, N characterized N preamps, especially made for this desk. It's like an analog desk with a Firewire audio interface built in. It's got sweet spot morphing compressor on every channel, advanced integration with Cubase. Of course, you get Cubase AI with it. High Z input for direct guitar or bass recording, wide range musical EQ, high resolution Rev X reverb, fully integrated Pro level monitoring suite, auxiliary sense for artist monitoring or external processing, dry or wet monitoring control, up to 24-bit 96k digital quality. Uh, obviously, with the compressors built in, you can either use it for sort of just fast and dirty recording, say a rehearsal, or for some more controlled uh, recording or um, processing of your audio path signal. And what uh, Yamaha is suggesting you do is you head over to uh, yamahadownload.com or yamahasynth.com. You check out the Pulse stores if you're in the UK. Take some um, stuff into the store, play through the desk, have a listen to see what they really sound like. Um, check out the, the sound of the EQ, the mic preamps, which uh, as we have on, on good authority from PJ, that actually sound really rather good because uh, he's got one in his Steinberg interface and it's apparently the same mic preamps. Also... Um, you could do the same in the US. Um, I think you just head on over to yamahasynth.com ch- uh, and, and go down to your local Yamaha dealer and see if they've got one in stock for you to play with. But we want to say thank you very much again to Yamaha for their continued sponsorship of the show. So that was a word from our sponsors. And now uh, we're on to, ah, yes, this is the one. This is the news that uh, the Native Instruments core... Uh, core 2 and Core 1 uh, are no more. Uh, core no more was my rather uh, fabulous headline, I felt, uh, and, for, and it seemed to generate mm-hmm. a lot of interest. And before I'd uh, actually written that headline, I was looking over at Create Digital Music. They've got uh, an enormous amount of comments. I mean, literally, it's hundreds of really rather eloqu- eloquent and smart, very pissed off people uh, who feel they've been sort of rather uh, dumped because core is being discontinued basically um that but first before before we you, you will say how is this possible um let me tell you the terms of what's going on basically uh the free core player is immediately discontinued um there's an update there are a couple of updates though that they're going to bring in with the sound engines um that's going to be third quarter then there's going to be 64-bit support for mac and windows for the core player in the fourth quarter so they are actually going to be doing a couple of updates but then they're going to cut you loose 
and you're going to be pretty much um, that's it. So, I don't know. It, it seems like a fairly brutal uh, problem because the problem is there's lots of people who've invested in core sand packs and what have you. And uh, apparently, uh, what Native Instruments are uh, aiming to do is is move a lot of resources over to uh, machine because that's their kind of current hardware software stroke interface, which seems to be uh, or seems to be more well received, or maybe it's easier to code for. I'm not entirely sure what the thinking is behind it, but kind of a bummer, isn't it? Really, I know. Gaz, you're looking a bit glum there. Uh, well, I had the Core One, and I thought it was a dreadful, a, a dreadful product, really, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, a, a friend of mine had the Core Two, and I didn't really think that was much better, to be honest. Um, sorry to be frank, really, but I think that they, I think ultimately it was a bit pointless, and you know. I, if it had had some DSP in it, or if it had had something, uh, uh, I just thought. I mean, they, actually, the original core had a audio interface capabilities, didn't it? The core one, and then the core two dropped the dropped that to become. So I'm talking about the hardware here as opposed right. to the software platform. Um, but when I was trying to use it myself, I just found it just got in the way, and I found it was. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I just really didn't like it and eventually got rid of it um i was really glad to see it go to be honest so when i heard about the news i was like yeah i don't think they got it right whereas machine on the other hand i think the spot i've been i've I've used it a little bit now machine and it's brilliant you know and think now machine is hosting it's like it's just it's just a much better much better thing however that doesn't sort of uh you know it's a nightmare, isn't um, it, for the, for the users who have incorporated it into their workflow? And it, not only that, but invested in all these sound packs that they have no other way of playing those sounds on. You know, once it once you know there's an OS update that kind of kills compatibility with Core, they're orphaned. Yeah. Yeah. I know that's problematic. I, I, PJ, have you got any Core stuff? Have you got any Core sound packs? Because there's the free player which will play these sound packs. I mean, I've got a couple. I do, I do, I do have ah. them. Yeah. But see what I'm what I'm wondering is if um, if Native Instruments isn't going to build audio engine capability. So the core concept for those that don't know it is that Native Instruments built into software all of the audio engines that they use um, uh, concurrently in their other products. So you you have the Contact Engine and the Reactor Engine and uh, various synthesis engines and an Effects Engine. And I'm wondering if they won't build that capability into a uh, 2.0 release of machine because it looks like machine is not a dissimilar product to core in that it's a hosting environment now full fully featured that you're able to host um alternate vsts or au au or rtes plugins inside of the inside of this host environment sequencing environment effects environment and beat building environment so it's a full full-on production environment and it seems to me that what they did with machine that they didn't do with core is they took a particular way of working that's known um you know to the industry and and to artists and they drilled down from there so there was there was a production philosophy with machine it was let's build beats let's make dance music or whatever and then they've expanded on that platform and it looks like they could go you know full 360 back to what core i think initially in, uh, that native instruments initially intended core to be Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense, yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I think the ah, hey, Rich, so Rich has arrived in uh, full glory, video wise. Um, <laughs> it's very. I, I don't know what you do in the situation. I mean, some people have been saying, well, what they should do is not drop support for it. They shouldn't actually. Yeah, they sure don't sell the product anymore, but you've got to support it because those you sold all of those sound packs to a lot of people. I mean, how much money have you got invested in sound packs, uh, uh, PJ? Not much. I think I I think I bought two of them. There's one that I yeah, I, I bought two of them. I have uh some kind of omnispheric kind of sound pack and and a sound pack of electronic drums. Right. So I th- probably a couple hundred dollars or hundred and fifty dollars, something like that. Still not insignificant. I suppose you know there's going to be some wastage in uh, software purchases, but some people I'm guessing must have as considerably more than that. Rich, your thoughts? Well, they certainly didn't get very emotional about dropping B4, did they? Ah. Or Pro 5. I don't expect they're going to get... Good point. Good point. 
they're not going to get all weepy about this either. And uh, I think your idea, PJ, is great that they're going to support these uh, packages and these engines within the machine platform, and that would be a really nice way to say to your core user base, well, look, at least we still have a product that will host these things if you're interested in that product. The machine product is much better marketed and directed towards an actual market, whereas the core product was very hard to sell because it was very hard to explain to people, and it tended to only reside within a market of people who otherwise have a fairly strong understanding of these things to begin with. And so it sort of makes sense that they figured out that machine is sort of the grown-up marketed marketable marketable version (laughs) marketable version of uh (laughs) something that will host stuff like core and so your idea that they would then subsequently make it a host for those things makes a ton of sense and let's just hope they do that because as i said they didn't get all weepy about dropping b4 which we all loved and replacing it with a set of samples that you could buy with your sampler yuck well, the samples sound good, <laughs> by the way. I, yeah. I mean, I missed B4, but right now I use DigiDesign's organ, and it sounds fine. Uh, they've got yeah. DigiDesign provides a fairly decent uh, Hammond simulator these days, so and I use Pro Tools most of the time, and Logic's got one that's acceptable to use. And I can always launch contact and load up their samples if I want, so I ain't weeping either anymore about that. And uh, uh, yeah, I bought some sound packs for Core. Mostly just to listen to see what they were. And some of them had some decent sounds in them. And there was some good programming that went behind them. And uh, I'd like to continue to be able to call upon them. Not that I do very often. But uh, if I can't, oh well. Well, yeah. So, I mean, obviously, you know, what we're looking at, uh, you know, certainly on the CDM uh, blog uh, was, you know, these are all people who are presumably core users, although some of them are just Pro 5.3 and B4s who are just saying, you know, there seems to be a loss of trust, certainly amongst these people to to kind of invest any more money in a software company that does discontinue products uh, with, you know, with this sort of level of frequency and I'm sure but I'm sure there are other ones who do the same and it's just that that's just kind of the way it goes isn't it really sometimes or is that a little bit too flippant no I think that I think you're definitely correct there um I'm trying to think of another example I know there's numerous examples and off the top of my head I I I'm blanking uh or wasn't orange one of those companies that went away for a while and they had a very popular vocoder yeah, that was back in they, back in the old days. That was that went away. Yeah. Prosonic, wasn't it? Prosonic Orange. Pro Prosonic. That's right. Mm. That's right. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. And then, of course, when you migrate platforms, there's always the product of um, or the the process of losing some of some of what you have on one platform and and not being able to take it to the other. So it's. Uh, I think this is the pitfall of. Um, but it's, you know, of an all software it's, environment. It's very interesting because this really does highlight, you know, up until now, it, there seems to have been a quantum shift because software instruments up until, you know, relatively recently were kind of hit or miss. The emulations have got absolutely amazing. You know, the soft, the power of the, the computers has got amazing. We can get these incredible sounding instruments. But now it's kind of buyer beware because we have to think about how much we rely on this stuff and how many factors go into the into whether that instrument is going to be around for for long enough for, to make us be able to to use, utilize it? Because obviously, you know, unless we can run it in a sort of a frozen uh, system setup that will always work. I mean, which is a, also, I guess, a valid point. That's a possibility. Maybe there's some some you know some some uh, mileage in investigating running. Uh, these instruments under virtualization so you just go right snapshot that then i know that i've got that forever i don't need to worry about it anymore but you know performance isn't quite there for that um how do we deal with it it's something we have to think about i guess really isn't it probably quite bad news for the whole industry really isn't it because you know people because they've got a hard sell haven't they they're trying to sell a product that people can download for free you know pirate versions or whatever and you know, so if if you take away the kind of longevity of the value of the software, then you know, then it's, yeah, it uh, feels even you know. less valuable to some. Yes, that's a mm. very good point. So, um, well, let's think. What should we do next? I'm wondering because we got Glastonbury coming up quite soon. I haven't got anything to play, um, but obviously it's been chucking with rain all day. <laughs> 
today. Uh, looks like uh, I'm supposed to be going camping this weekend, and we're considering cancelling. But uh, hell of a lineup, cool. a Glastonbury festival, wouldn't you say? Right, let's see. I think I've got some. Uh, I've got a screen I can I can flow here. Yeah, let's me just throw that up. Just have a quick look at it because it's pretty amazing. We, what we got? You two, Morrissey, Biffy, Clyro, BB King, Wu Tang Clan, uh, Coldplay, uh, Beyonce. Jesus <laughs> Christ, Paul Simon, Primal Scream, Mumford and Son, Fleet Foxes. I mean, there's just a, a Chemical Brothers. There's a whole lot. The Queens of the Stone Age, Kings, Kings of Leon wow. playing somewhere. I don't know if they are. They have done, haven't they? Just amazing amount of th- of, uh, of of people in the lineup there. Uh, anyone going, Gaz? I'm guessing the two US. Yeah. You are going. Yeah, uh, it's uh, so yeah. Watching that kind of weather report with a, and funnily enough, I've decided this year because I've because uh, I've got like a on-site pass for my car. Woo! You, you're joking it, joking earlier about living in my car. I am going to live in my car for the for the Glastonbury weekend. Actually, I'm going to just get some practice. Uh, it's like I'm going to put a mattress in the car, and I'm I'm not going to do a I'm not going to do a tent this time. I'm going to sleep in my car. Are you playing? <laughs> Are you playing? Are performing at all? Uh, kind of. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, You're not doing this tubular yeah, bells uh, thing, are you? No, but I'm going to check that out. That sounds quite interesting. That's the Charles Charles Hazelwood. Uh, Charles Hazelwood, yeah, and Adrian Atley and, and and Will. In fact, yeah. um, I got a, a call from Will earlier today, uh, earlier in the week, saying I need a keyboard to lend uh, to to give to Charles Hazelwood because he keeps borrowing mine. What should I get? Uh. He needs a flute. So I re- he got a Juno Di. Funnily enough, uh, which I bought, we took delivery of it here, and uh, Will is off to play Glastonbury. They're doing a rendition of Tubular Bells, which is going going to be kind of interesting. Um, I don't know. It it seems to me that uh, there's been a massive shift in the kind of bands that play festival over the last sort of ten or fifteen years, and I always remember bands who didn't know how to play festivals didn't go down that well used used to because they didn't know how to play such a massive crowd. They didn't really know how to do it, whereas there was a uh, there was a sort of set of people who who kind of did, and they were the ones who were always there. I don't know. Would you? We agree, Rich. You're looking a bit uh, skeptical at my words. Not for the first no, no, time. No, no, I'm fine. No, 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 no. I'm fine with all that. And uh, wow, what a schedule they've got! No, it's the, the sheer number of acts across mm. however many stages there are is, ma- it's is crazy. massive. And then the you know the yeah. top end of it you know having U two is a pretty huge thing and uh, they've got some really great acts. There's going to be quite a lot of uh, apparently a lot Cold of play. yeah. There's going to be a lot of uh, protests for U two because they apparently moved all their uh, their banking and accounting offshore, <laughs> which considering oh, the state God, of the Irish helps. considering the state of the Irish economy is is uh, knocking a few people. So it'll be interesting because <laughs> this I is like televised. This, uh... This is roughly akin to start, to protesting the fact that they switched from boxers to briefs. <laughs> well, to yeah, I mean, <laughs> it may be. Give me one small break, please. They're a band. I, I can't they see the protesters music. really being able to make much of a dent in the thousands and thousands of people who are going to be hundreds. There I don't know how many people they're going to be. Hundred and hundred odd thousand. Well, what is it that makes it makes it translate? Because I've seen you play, Rich, at uh, Womad. That was a really big audience. That translated. I mean, that's kind of what it. Because it it's not only just. I mean, the music obviously helps an enormous amount. If you've got a great band and great music and great songs, then people just want to see it. But there's there's a way of being able to communicate with uh, with an audience of that size that is something that not many people appear to be able to do. Do you know how to do it? Me personally, no. But I could tell you that I saw Bruce Springsteen turn a football stadium into a small nightclub. He just has a way of reaching to that person in the back row and the top deck and making him feel like he's fifteen feet away. Well, he's kind of. I don't know how to do that. No, that that is that is kind of impressive, isn't it? I don't know. It's it's it is impressive to see. I Bono can do it too. Bono yeah. can do it. Sting can do it. There's guys who can do it. Uh, but, you know, I've seen Bono in a football stadium too, and he was—he's incredible. You know, whatever uh, whatever you say about him, he's an amazing entertainer. Oh sure, them live. I'd love to I, see them live. But I have to say, I—I uh, was in Glastonbury 2009, and I noticed Fleet Foxes are playing again, and they played on the Pyramid Stage, which is the main stage in Glastonbury 2009, and it was terrible. They just really didn't cut the mustard there. I mean, uh, I'd seen them like a year before on their way up and they were absolutely wonderful in a fairly small venue in Bristol. 
seeing them on that big stage, it just didn't work. And it's interesting what you're saying that. Uh, so it'd be interesting to see. Uh, I, I may check Fleet Foxes out uh, again, see if they've they've Le- obviously been learned on their the craft. Road. Well, yeah, but yeah, just didn't work at all. And uh, and that was in contrast uh, that year to uh, Neil Young, who was playing on the uh, Pyramid stage. Well, that was a classic, was wasn't it? Astonishing, amazing, and uh, you know, so it is interesting. It's an interesting point. I mean, the thing that's really great. I mean, I don't know whether or not um, you guys in the states ever get to see any of the BBC Glastonbury footage because a lot of it is broadcast live, and it is absolutely they cover it. I mean, we've talked about it before, and probably every year that Glastonbury comes up. But that's what I hope (laughs) to be doing. I'm hoping that, in fact, my camping trip gets rained off so that I can go watch some of the Glastonbury. So I want to see Beyonce. I reckon she can do it. And that's going to be a really interesting uh, thing to, to watch as well. I, I don't know. PJ, have you, have you ever seen any of the Glastonbury footage? I mean, does it get, make it way over to the States? I don't know whether it gets licensed or not. No, only, only some of the interstitials, you know, people dancing around in the mud and um, in, in basic <laughs> news, news coverage over here. So it, it, my impression of Glastonbury is that it's... Uh, this huge music festival where it's always raining and people are covered in mud to the point that you can't recognize them as human beings. Spat, right? <laughs> or okay. it's really hot. <laughs> yeah. But, but to, the, to the point that you all were making earlier in terms of what does it take to play on a stage that size and reach out to the crowd, it's, it's really interesting because you would, you'd be tempted to say it's, it's, the, it's the material or the songs or the arrangements, the size of the group, the volume, but it's it, like Rich was intimating and, and, um, and then Gaz sort of the other way around. It's not that because I, I remember the first time that I saw, um, I was at Cyclone Stadium, which is in Ames, Iowa, and it's uh, a huge venue. And I saw Paul McCartney there. And this was in 1991 or 92 when he was first starting to kind of tour the old Beatles material again. And in the middle of his set, which I think is kind of a set piece now, or he's done it for several years running, he just pulls up a stool and plays the guitar and sings to 50,000 people. And you really do feel like you're the only one there. Yeah. And there's 50,000 people there with lighters holding them up. One man, one guitar, one microphone, and it's it's an amazing experience. And so it's something ineffable that certain artists seem to have. They just feel comfortable. I suppose when when you're a Beatle and your your form your uh, formative years were playing in front of you know fourteen thousand screaming girls, uh, it's nothing to go and do that. But uh, I'm yeah, not it's, so it's sure kind of, it's, it's the kind of amazing. Thing. Yeah, I don't yeah. think it's that he's a Beatle though, because Ringo requires a band of all-stars <laughs> to get anywhere near that well no 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 I, I, I agree with that that's yeah charisma status yeah, yeah. I, agree. I mean i'm agreeing with you yeah. i agree with you in yeah. huge substance of what you're saying but uh it's that he's paul mccartney and we're not right i you agree know, he's that guy mm-hmm. and it's a personality yep. driven thing these people it's part of the reason why they write such brilliant songs too the personality thing yep. you, they've got incredibly strong and present personalities and people like them, <laughs> you know, mm. Billy Joel, people love the guy. Yeah. He writes great songs, you know, like Stevie wonder, same thing. I mean, you know, he, you know, he can't even see you and he's got all that presence, you know, it's, it's, mm. it's remarkable when somebody of that stature comes out and they, you recognize it right away. And somebody in the chat room was asking, is it down to the familiarity and of the material? And I, and I think while it may have something to do with that, I think it has more to do with with the individual personality and the strength of that person who is purveying that. And when you see somebody new or somebody who everybody else knows and you've never seen before, who's really good at it, you recognize them right away and you might not even be familiar with the material. Yep. Yep. And I agree. And I would add to that, that there, there is a kind of feedback loop that happens when there is that sort of goodwill from the audience, the familiarity and the, and the energy being thrown at the artist. And you can feel that as well. So when you go see an artist that's just fantastic, like a McCartney or a Billy Joel or a Sting or somebody like that, and then, you know, 90% of the audience there is intimately familiar with everything that that artist's done, it creates uh, a whole other experience that's just, uh, yeah, it, it's astonishing. It's a good night for all in the yep. room at that point. <laughs> Excellent. Yep. Uh, you know what I, ooh, I say, I say one thing about Glastonbury, though. Um, 
I think partly because of like the line arrays they're using now in the PAs, but also probably to do with uh, the licensing and the health and safety. But I was in like virtually in the front row of the pyramid stage watching Neil Young. And I turned to my friend and I whispered to him, you know, surely you shouldn't be able to hear me whisper to you now, you know. Uh, and uh, that's one thing you don't really, you can't really tell on the telly. It's just how quiet it is. The big stages are just really quiet. Mm. Not like I remember way back when in Glastonbury, it would be loud. But like these days, these gigs, they're, they're really quiet. Um, I mean, I say really quiet, relatively speaking, you know, it's... Uh, yeah, I'll Not never, I'll never forget that my first a... visit to Glastonbury. I'd just finished my last exams. I was sixteen or seventeen, and we were driving down, you know, in the queue to get into the gates. And Black Uhuru, who are a really big reggae band, were playing on stage, and we were, we thought we were kind of, you know, a couple of hundred yards away, but we were still like five miles away, and you could just hear the bass just rolling over the hill. It just sounded like it was just down the road, which yeah. obviously is a massive waste of power and hugely um, yeah. inefficient, and it will annoy the neighbours. But you kind of miss that mm. level of, you know, but yes, efficiency is everything <laughs> these days. But yes, yeah, <laughs> uh, I don't, I really don't feel myself being moved by the volume in glastonbury at all um, well think of the health and safety for one hundred eighty thousand people guys i mean you know it's a bit awfully selfish oh, of you you don't go to a <laughs> festival for health and safety we were playing uh, in glastonbury a few years ago and um it was in a tent and they put this string they put a string in front of the speakers to stop people kind of coming within uh uh i don't know i think it was about sort of three meters of the of the of the speakers because you know, of a health and safety. So you, ha- you had this really crazy thing of this, like kind of like um, like a corralled off section in front of the of the stage, and uh, people kind of wanted to dance, but they have to kind of not they're not allowed into the little section in the front of the stage there because it's too dangerous. That it's too they're too close to the speakers, you know. And I just thinking, uh, you know, yes, you sort of think, well, I could decide that for myself, surely. Well, <laughs> yeah, perhaps you're not. There should be just a disclaimer on the ticket and then you'd be able to get it over and done with. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's, it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to watching it on TV and uh, whatever I can. And there's going to be some great bands there, I'm sure. And if you do get the chance, check out the BBC coverage. It is absolutely brilliant. So um, uh, we've got, we're, God, we're, we're rolling on. Um, we've got a few to hear. Um, we've got the I Would Love To Go To. We've got the um, Yamaha apps and we've got the Horizon Synth. Does anybody have any preference here? Should we do the... Uh, I, I know, Rich, you were, you had a, a little bit... Of, yeah, I've got a bit of that. Maybe we should have the Horizon synth. Have you got some complex sound set up there again, Rich? That doesn't sound like it's... It's one of their presets. Right, well, I'm going to... All of their presets are ridiculously complex, actually. It's... Uh, okay, well, in that case, we'll t- we'll talk about the new synth from Horizon, or the new Horizon synth. I think that's how it works. Let me just find out my... A nice combination filter, there. Yes, it is. So we could we could do a little app uh, app corner. <laughs> Let me say that I was pleasantly surprised by this because the YouTube video that demonstrated it sounds like, um, uh, shall we say, less than desirable. Right. <laughs> so when I actually heard something that sounded pretty decent, I was very pleased because it sounded terrible. The iPad, so- they're called iPads Music Software, uh, Horizon Synthesizer. I've got a little bit of a close-up here. You can't see all that much. A few, I'll move this over here, a few presets. Uh, Rich has got one as well. I downloaded it for the iPad. I think it's uh, four, four bucks 99 it, it seems to be modelled slightly on a, uh, well, people have been saying the JP8000 or 800. JP8000. It's got a Super Saw, which uh, I would say it does have kind of like Super Saw vibe. So I found a couple of presets. The only thing I'm not quite sure about, I've got this hooked up to the motif coming in via, in via the audio ends and listening... And the MIDI. And the latent, the one thing that I would say is the latency and the stability seems to be much better than any other standalone synths that I've come across so far. Because usually I, found, I find them a bit kind of clunky and sometimes they crash out. How's, how have you found it, Rich? Well, I just downloaded it this morning and I haven't, I'm just playing it from the screen. So 
I don't have a sense of the latency or any of that. Um, and it, in its initial, just all I've done is sample presets and run the knobs around a little bit and modify them. And in my initial interaction with it, whereas, yes, it provides a super saw, and in that regard, it may be modeled after JP-8000, it tends to sound to me more like Novation synthesizers than Roland synthesizers. Right, I see what you mean. Yeah, I, I, I got you there. It's just from the sound of it, which mm -hmm. is not really a bad thing, and it's got an okay high-frequency presentation, and the filters seem to be pretty good, and it's not, you know, it's not a bad instrument. Do I don't know if I like it as much as, like, IMS-20, but it's completely different from IMS-20. Yeah. So I, you, they'd be good at different things, I think. But, but um, nice. Seems nice, you know, initially. I haven't been through it that much. Just downloaded it this morning when I saw it was on the topic list. What we need, what we need, Akai, if you, I know Akai Pete's in the chat room sometimes, we need that uh, Synth Station 49 out on the market because I want to be able to plug my iPad just directly into a keyboard and play directly from it and not have to mess around with kind of USB and all the other business. So uh, anytime, anytime you're ready to get that to market, I know Akai Pete, it's a bit unfair to single you out. It's not down to you, but uh, we w it would be great to get hold of that. I th something like this would really benefit from uh, that whole kind of iPad dock business, don't you think? Um, Gaz, you still haven't got an iPad. Still, still poised. No, but uh, where is it? <laughs> I'm in the gang now. Whoa, the iPhone. <laughs> Finally, <laughs> has it changed your life? I, the end point, you can't really run any kind of decent synths off that. Well, you could, but it's it's a bit fiddly, isn't it? Um, I was going to try that nano synth. Nano Nano synth is it? Um, Mark, yes. Mark Tinley seems to really rate. Yeah, that's um, good. I was thinking of getting that one. I think mm. I've got that too. But yeah, mm. I think I also have that. There's also so. a couple of apps out from uh, Yamaha as well. They've they've finally uh, done the Tenorion thing, and uh, mm. which is, which is kind of interesting and interesting. But they brought a few things out. In fact, I, well, that was another topic. But I guess we could be there. PJ, I'm sorry, I didn't. I haven't heard from you. I'm guessing either you're muted or you haven't much to add to the uh, <laughs> Horizon <laughs> synthesizer, or am I? Am I, being... I would say that you're probably both on or right on both counts. <laughs> I was muted and I don't have a whole lot to add. I don't have an iPad. But the the Tenorion, I do have a question. I, I uh the YouTube video is in Japanese and I don't know, Nick, you being connected with Yamaha, maybe you know the answer to this. Is that a direct one for one port or virtualization of the Tenorion hardware? Uh, I don't honestly know, but uh, it's got to be at least because the Tenorion hardware's only got a stereo out, and it's a bit of a right. it's a bit of a nightmare to program. At least with the iPad, you've got access to some other things. I've got a little video here. I think I I did bring something out. Let me see if I can find it. Ah, there we go. Uh, you guys will be able to hear this. You'll hit. I mean, it looks impenetrable at this resolution. And it sounds just like the Tenorion as I remember it. <laughs> but obviously it's only um, £11.99, so about 20 bucks rather than the nearly 1000 bucks that the original hardware was. That's an amazing deal. It's kind of hard to beat, really, that, isn't it? I mean, and they've got a couple of other mm. apps out as well. They've got faders, XY pad, uh, a keyboard arp and drum pad. You know, useful stuff for controlling MIDI things. And they've also got their own little MIDI interface um, that will plug in the bottom of the iPhone. Uh, again, you know, once we all have our uh, Akai Synth Station 49s, we won't need that hardware. But uh, it's kind of cool that they've... That, I mean, you know, Yamaha are not the fastest-moving, um, you know, company. They're a big kind of mega-corporation. And to have them coming up with uh, a, a whole slew of iPad apps is quite an interesting move, I think. Mm. Especially something like the Tenorian app, because surely that just kills their hardware one, though. And, you know, well, actually, just... um, if you think about it, it's cheaper to buy an iPad and the Tenorian app mm. than it is to buy the Tenorian. Exactly. How are sales for the Tenorian, I wonder? I don't know. I mean, I spoke, I spoke with um, a chap from Yamaha UK came down when he brought down this Motif MOX6, which I've just finished reviewing. And uh, we talked a little bit about it. And he said, yeah, they're still selling. You know, they still sell a reasonable number of, uh, of them. I mean, I don't know how many they've got in the warehouse somewhere, um, how many they need to sell. But maybe those numbers are dwindling so that they could, you know, that's why they've done this. 
my my guess is that that's such a specific market. Uh, although I don't, maybe maybe it's broader than I'm giving it credit for. That those that would want Tenorion hardware will buy it regardless of whether or not it's offered as an app, application on the iPad. Yeah, that's because true. It has, some, it has something to do with the way it 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 appears on stage as well. I mean, it's uh, it's an instrument in it in in every in every respect in that you know it it's not only it's not only uh a sound generation device and uh, a way of composing and a way of interacting with the instrument, but it also has a very specific look. Yeah. Oh, that's true. It's very stylish. I mean, I think that the thing that they can do obviously with this version is they can upgrade it so it can do things like have more sensible sample, sample handling uh, as people are asking in the chat room, because getting samples into it was a bit of a nightmare, frankly. Uh, presumably you might be able to control MIDI stuff with a MIDI iOS, uh, you know, uh, connectivity, um, you know, you can you know can you import your i don't know i'll have to get hold of it and just have a quick overview and we're thinking of maybe doing like a kind of apps roundup show every couple of weeks because it's just they're starting to come thick and fast now there's so many of them to get through and doing an individual review of each one is kind of a little bit uh a little bit too much mm-hmm. i think i don't know if anybody out there is interested in participating i don't know rich you you've got an ipad fancy doing fancy joining us once in a while on an ipad roundup apps roundup uh, show giving your thoughts i'm not really yeah, sure um, well, it's fun, and it's good to see that they're, they're actually kind of doing it, and, um, you know, obviously the Sonorion is, is at the higher end of uh, the apps side of things, but there's also other stuff. There's a voice editor for the Motif range and the S90 range, uh, and various other little bits and bobs, so I think we're going to see a lot more coming out, and also there's some stuff coming out for Android and, and various types, types of things as well, so, you know, maybe we'll see a bit more cross-platform. FM in the chat room saying goodbye, got to go. Goodbye, FM. Nice. To, thanks for joining us. Get a personal service here. Um, so, folks, um, <laughs> the, what else have we got? There's the oh, the other thing, um, the controllerism battle. I really would like to just show you this because this is cracking. This is an open forum and discourse, and you can really directly engage with an, an audience. I saw so many people just walk up, and, like press play, and be like. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you do that? I do it because it's, it's fun. Really? <laughs> really? <laughs> I love this clip. And the bear eating sausages. I don't see how. He can beat this bear. You gotta remember, Kobayashi is an eating machine. It's also about how you present what you say. <laughs> now I grab the microphone and start the kick. I will get Right, I'm not gonna show you the whole lot, but uh, essentially what that is, um, that's the controllerism.com forward slash battle. That's happening on the June the twenty-fifth this year, 161 Erie Street, San Francisco. Tickets six bucks, uh, ten bucks on the door, uh, six bucks in advance. Lots of people um, sponsoring this. You've got Ableton Novation, Native Instruments, various people sponsoring it. I would so love to go to that. I don't know. Uh, I, I mean, I'm not going to book a flight in a hotel just to go and see uh, to see it. But I think that could be a really cool event because, you know, as we know, controllerism is it, people are using them in weird and wonderful ways. Um, I could give you a, an idea of how uh, how it's working. Uh, you will you get to play two and a half minutes uh, to perform one after the other. You got to have uh, you're allowed two controllers or instruments in total and one computer. Uh, if the equipment fails, and I'm guessing this might happen a number of times, and it's not the fault of the competitor, <laughs> she or he may restart from the beginning of the performance with the full amount of time. If the equipment fails, it's just to be the fault of the competitor that they get to pause the clock and have another go. I don't know. What do you think? Great fun. Would you like to go? And- I'd love to go and see this. Yes. Yeah, definitely. I'd like to take part in it, actually. But... Um... It's yeah. I, I I've been playing with uh, con, you know controllers in a very musical way for a long time now. So this is really exciting to me. Um, uh, yeah, love to go. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I mean, it, it's it's the, it's the whole kind of backlash to the kind of laptop kind of you know the old checking the email uh, cliche really. Yeah. I guess isn't it? Some of the some of the clips in that video are brilliant. You know, people being very extrovert with their. Um, you know with their performances and stuff and you know brilliant you know really exciting certainly you know i'm dead i'm dead dead interested in this topic yeah 
I would let. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, um, in the chat room, will anybody be using the core? <laughs> the core controller perhaps not perhaps not i don't know maybe that would uh, that would be maybe a swan song performance from somebody or other that was uh, nice, nice. <laughs> uh, that was uh, um uh, rob gs in the chat room thanks rob nice 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 little aside there i know I, I, rich would you go if it was down yes. the road i'd love to see this would you would you Under be interested certain circumstances <laughs> if i if i could watch what they were doing and not have to be in the audience yet <laughs> How's that sound? Uh, why? Does that happen? qualify? Uh, I'm not a big fan of. I'm not a big fan because uh, it would undoubtedly be a standing room, crammed in, hot, sweaty, uncomfortable. No, thank you. But uh, okay. If well, I were able enough. to actually be there and be, com- if I were able to be there and be comfortable, absolutely. In other words, I'm very interested to see what these people are doing. Sure. So to that extent, I'm, uh, uh, yes, definitely. And, and if I could make it comfortable, I'd go. <laughs> Well, that's, uh, apparently there's uh, the whole thing's being covered. They're going to have a couple of handheld human camera operators, so there's presumably going to be some big screens somewhere, and you know maybe they'll be recording it. I'm really looking forward to seeing if they get some of this stuff up on YouTube. That'll be great. There's a bunch of different judges and uh, yeah prizes. Uh, somebody else speculating in the chat room whether or not uh, Core Twos will be as uh, flowing like water as prizes uh, for this. But but uh, great fun. I know uh, PJ. So, uh, something you'd be interested in? I think I think it'd be a good show, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Anything that brings this level of rock and roll to electronic music. I love it. I love it. And I would, I would go and cram in with the sweaty, with the sweaty crowd for sure. Um, (laughs) but I am looking forward to, uh, anything that is posted on YouTube. Yeah. I think uh, that will be a lot of fun to watch. It will be great. And and once again, that's controllerism.com forward slash battle. Be interested to see if anyone steps out with the Eigen half, really, wouldn't it? <laughs> oh, that'd be great. <laughs> yes, the Star Wars band vibe, yeah. And whatever yeah, happened yeah. to the Eigen half? I haven't seen much of it. I haven't seen many kind of uh, accomplished YouTube videos of people doing amazing things with it recently. Oh, that's a great idea to get a band together, three people with giant white bulbous heads and wraparound sunglasses playing Ivan Eigen harps in a star Wars tribute band on the actual mountain, <laughs> the Iger. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> playing John Williams, John Williams scores from the Eigen harp. <laughs> nice. I like the sound of that. In my, using yeah. microtonal scales developed by Harry. Yeah, Potter. definitely. Yeah. I, I've, obviously I wouldn't be able to tell whether they were microtonal or not. Um, but anyway, so th- thanks. Harry Park, Harry Park built marimbas at a 19 note octave. That Whoa. would be microtone. Okay. That would be. Um, exactly. Just looking for a title for the show. If anyone wants to throw it into the chat room, just put the word title colon or title something and then throw it in. I'm sure I've seen a couple already. But Core, uh, core blimey. Core blimey. I got that. Actually, who sent that? That was Steve Currington sent me an email last uh, uh, last week at the time when I posted that. Yeah. So it might be a oh, Steve Currington. <laughs> yeah, maybe Core blimey will be the uh, will be a, just in homage to Steve Currington, who is, as we know, Kiwi Steve in the chat room, who is working late in. Uh, in New Zealand, uh, where I believe it's absolutely uh, middle of the night, first thing in the morning, yeah. and uh, I know they're all suffering <laughs> still from volcanic ash and all sorts of fallout from stuff that's going on. Uh, is it Java? That's, I, I'm not sure. I'm, we don't get it so much in the news. It's the Chilean earthquake. I believe it's a Chilean uh, volcano that's causing them problems. Oh, man. Well, uh, but thank you very much, Steve. I think you may well be the contender for the title of the show. And I guess we should uh, we'll probably just do a quick roundup and say thank you very much to everybody for joining us. Of course, uh, all of those guys and girls in the chat room, I think mostly guys, though, to be perfectly honest, thanks for joining us. And if you, didn't, if you don't know what we're talking about, do come next week, uh, sonicstate.com forward slash live, 4 p.m. Uh, UK time. Uh, there's a live video stream and there's a live chat room for you to enjoy as well and you can uh, participate in the show. How's your battery holding out, Gaz? I'm on 10%. Wow, so, uh, I think th- those measures yeah. have... Woo-hoo. Your video's dead, but yeah. you, but you, you, it's paused in a very sort of flattering picture no. of you. Sm- oh. oh, no, I see him in full oh. motion. Oh, do you? Okay, I'm not seeing it. It must be me. I then. do as well. Okay, it's me. Because my, my, yeah, my battery was kaput. I had to sell about 10 it's to go the the show wasn't it last time so yeah so yeah. those those measures Brilliant. those emergency measures have have worked out so anyway thanks very much uh, we'll say thanks to Gaz Williams songsurgeon.co.uk thanks for joining us 
Yes, thanks. thanks th- sorry, th- thanks for joining us, Gaz. I really appreciate it. Your 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 fabulous car park caper. I very much enjoyed <laughs> seeing you in the car once again. And 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 I guess you look forward to you'll you'll have spent a considerable and longer amount of time in the car by the time we speak to you next, uh, having been at Glastonbury yeah, in your car. I'm, I'm absolutely sweating quartz here. Uh, uh, I, the I know the windows done up because of all the, the traffic and the, 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 the cars. Sun's blasting oh, on me. So. It's like being doing a podcast from a greenhouse. Well, thank you, guys. Songsurgeon.co.uk. Have a great time at Glastonbury, and I'll look out for you on the BBC coverage. Just wave or something. I'll send you a 19-foot Sonic State banner to hold up somewhere, perhaps. No, I don't think I will do that. That would be crazy. And also, I want to say thank you to PJ Tracy, um, the static icon that is Emmy-winning PJ Tracy, who at pjtracysound.com, his new website. Thank you, Nick. It's a pleasure. Thanks for joining us. Uh, always fun. Uh, and uh, we'll also say thank you to Rich Hilton, who's uh, over that way on, on my screen. Uh, Rich Hilton, Hiltonius on the web. Thanks for joining us, Rich. Thanks very much. Always a pleasure. And uh, we'll look forward to uh, next week uh, where we will um, we will be doing more of the same. I think, yes, I don't think there's another break. I had I had a great holiday, by the way, and I thoroughly recommend oh. France. <laughs> had a really nice time. <laughs> very, very nice. So um, thanks once again to our show sponsors, YamahaSynth.com, YamahaDownload.com, and also thanks to everybody in the chat room and everybody elsewhere too. So uh, I just want to say um, this here. Well, that, not that. That's not it, but... Uh, this is the the Yamaha Mox 6, which I've just reviewed. I've uh, got two parts up online. Um, please do check it out. Uh, an impressive music production synthesizer workstation, I must say. Well done, Yamaha. I've never used one of those before. Really enjoyed it. So I think that's uh, probably it for this week.